the MCU is back with Loki, their third TV series on Disney Plus. And once again, we see they are definitely embracing the opportunity to explore more long form storytelling with this ambitious and weird premiere. Uh, so dive in and discuss welcome to the mcu pod a companion podcast to the marvel cinematic universe i'm your host grant davis and with me we're joined once again by comics and tv expert randy lander of the tv dudes and rogue gallery podcast hello hello and we're also joined by our friend and resident lawyer for the pod elliot fontanet how y'all doing did you pay elliot um, a dollar did you no. get Elliot a dollar? No. Oh, well, then there's there's no confidentiality to this podcast. I guess that's okay <laughs> since we're broadcasting it on YouTube. Is it oh, one dollar? Is that apparently if you go into high school with me, I have to give you legal advice. So <laughs> <laughs> this is that's how it okay. works. If you went to high school with me, you have to ask me if I buy any comics and how much they're worth. Mm. <laughs> and how much far? Uh, Randy, how far is your store from Austin? That's the next. <laughs> Great, Randy, you're, uh, I definitely have questions for you. Great, you're uh, you're broadcasting from inside the uh, the TVA this week, right? <laughs> <laughs> if I'm glitchy, yes, that's what's going on. I'm, I Let's I happen to be uh, I happen to be in Puerto Rico right now, and I thought, well, we'll see how the internet goes. So if this is if this is spotty, uh, apologies. Um, but I was able to catch that episode of Loki, and I was like, I do want to talk about this because mm-hmm. that was for good. So um, before we jump into all that, uh, if you guys are watching here on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and uh, you can follow us at youtube.com slash MCU pod. If you're just listening to us on the podcast, we do record a audio podcast and we do video. We do live video. Um, we would love to have you guys join us on here. If you do our, um, join and you want to have your comments read, you can type POD in the comments and we'll see that over on the side and we'll prompt and put them up on the screen. Um, you can also uh, rate and review us over on Apple, and you can um, help support our little show over on patreon.com slash mcupod, and uh, I added some new tiers. So if you want to join the West Coast Avengers, it's only $1 a month. If you want to <laughs> join the Fantastic Four, it's 4 bucks a month. And then, uh, oh wait, the Illuminati, I think, is going to be like 20 bucks a month if you want to really join that. But uh, yeah, if you want to go to patreon.com slash pod, there you can make a per episode pledge, and we appreciate all of your support. All right. All right. Got that out of the way. I think it is time for us to dive into this, this week's episode, this premiere episode. Glorious Purpose is the first episode of Loki, written by Michael Waldron and directed by Kate Heron. And the synopsis for this episode is, Loki, the god of mischief, finds himself out of time and in an unusual place and forced against his godly disposition to cooperate with others. Now, we start this episode the same way we start all of our episodes, with some snap judgments. Elliot, you want to take us away? What's uh, your snap judgment? My my snap judgment is it was it was good. I don't know if it was as good as everybody's saying it was. That's what I got so far. Why uh, you want to elaborate? Well, 
I just I'm sort of waiting to see what else happens. I think the big thing is I'm sort of biased because I don't I really don't like the set design because I hate that era of design. <laughs> so it was like hard for me to watch. Like whereas my wife loves that era of design and she's just like, oh my God. And I'm just like, oh, it's so ugly. Um, but in terms of like it's it's a, it's, a, it's an evocative story. And I really like the way that Owen Wilson's character, Agent Mobius, is playing off of Loki. It's almost like Loki, he had like the power of, you know, they have the term like plot armor, so you always survive. He had mm. writer's armor. They gave <laughs> him like the best lines. They always made him look smart. And it's like they just pulled that shit away from him. And it's like, oh, no, no, you're normal now. So if you watch NBA, <laughs> none of that shit works. He's like, Oh, you're a big metaphor guy. It makes you seem really smart. Go ahead. <laughs> and it's just the perfect because, like, this is like something I almost like. I'm sort of thinking about showing my son, like, when he if he's ever dealing with like a bully. Like, this is how you deal with a bully. You just sort of make fun of them just a little bit to where they won't beat you up, but they sort of go, "You're more trouble than you're worth." So it's like <laughs> Agent Mobius is sort of going, "Oh no, no, you, you wanted to stand, stand up." It's like one of the. Now the now the moment's ruined. It's like okay, we'll sit down. Like I'll do what I want. I'm like sure. Like that. <laughs> it's great how he's playing off of him, but at the same time, you can see Loki through the entire episode. The longer he's at the TVA, the more he's figuring them all out. Mm-hmm. And like I wouldn't be surprised if he's already got a plan going. But this is gonna be one of those shows. Uh, thank you. <laughs> this is gonna be one of those shows where I'm gonna actively try not to figure out. Like everything that's going on, because part of the way I digest media is I really, this is gonna sound so horrible. I'm very lazy when it comes to digesting media in that I don't really wanna like try to guess this is gonna happen most of the time in these intricate shows. Like WandaVision, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at every little clue. When you're, but when you're trying to hide the ball like they are, I'm like, you know what? Just tell me what's going on. I'm just gonna sit here. <laughs> like, I think that's fair. Uh, Randy, what about you? Uh, I love this. I mean, no shocker there. I'm, an MC- I'm in the tank for the MCU, but uh, I, I think as as pilots go, as Marvel pilots go, it, it sits above WandaVision and below Falcon and Winter Soldier for me, but partly that's because Falcon and Winter Soldier is like the exact speed of Marvel that I love the most. It's like, that's my favorite, the action-adventure buddy comedy. Like, that's my thing. This sort of weird uh, comedy-adjacent thing is not as much my favorite. It's Closer to like Thor Ragnarok and that kind of thing. That said, objectively, I think it might be a better pilot. It's 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 such a good first episode. Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson are both at the top of their game. Um, I thought I, I actually love the production values. I love the sort of retro 60s look of the TVA. Yeah. I think it's really cool. Um, and I think that they did a good job of Hiddleston playing Loki as sort of this cocky, powerful bastard who also like gets his come up. It's like he he does, he's not stupid. He falls in line and he's like, oh, they'll kill me. I need to at least play play ball a little bit. And also seeing that real vulnerability that he actually, for all his fake, for all his, you know, I am the god of, of uh tricks, god of lies, I'm gonna rule everything, I'm burned with glorious purpose, that he is basically a sad kid who never got the love from his mom and his dad that he fully wanted, or his brother for that matter. And I think that undercutting him in that way and but also like not making him a bad character in that way. I think that was really just a really good uh, way to end up the episode. Well, and they're, they're walking such a fine line because it's like you can't, you don't want this guy to be too sympathetic at the beginning because you want him to have an arc, but he can't be a flat out asshole. 
Right. And one of the things they pointed out that I never noticed in any of the MCU, like, and I'm like one of the, I'm one of the two people that like we have jackets. It's a, it's a very exclusive club <laughs> that likes, that really likes Thor: The Dark World. Like, I actually really yeah. enjoyed that movie. I think it of the last too, half. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think of the last half is like the last half of Dark World is just a straight up comedy. Like, it's more funny than actual action. But they they said something where he actually ended up leading. The, the the dark elves up to his mom, mm-hmm. and I never put that together. Now either that's a retcon, or it's a it's a subtle connection that was sort of always there, but they didn't really put it at the forefront. And it was something that you would probably notice in like a video essay. Mm-hmm. But if it, either way, it really it makes it makes that movie mean even more. It's like, oh man, you were trying to screw over your brother, you got your mom killed. I agree. I agree. I I'm not I'm not in your club of loving the dark world as much as everybody else, but uh, everybody but, but uh, I think your eye never caught that that inference, and I do think I don't think it's a retcon. I think if we go back and watch it, they'll be like, oh yeah, that makes sense, that, that tracks. But they didn't make it so explicit as they did here, and it really does work. Oh yeah, and I think it was very on purpose if they didn't make it explicit because it's like that changes the tone of the entire movie, mm-hmm. and it makes it harder to be like, well, why are you not dealing with that? you caused your mom's death if we're noticing it up front but later now that we've gotten that scene in endgame with uh renee russo's character uh mm-hmm. foreign Oki's mom where she like she has her heart to heart with him what i like my little theory because knowing mcu with what's going to happen is there's gonna like loki's gonna get his own scene with uh with with uh with the mother i think to you're give right. him some hole and it's probably it's probably gonna be uh it's probably gonna be like right after Rocket and Thor leave. You're going to have TVA Loki walk up and yeah. get his like. And she's just like, home. wow, I have to do a lot of momming today right before I die. <laughs> I mean, Fair that's pretty much isn't that sort of just being a parent? It's like, oh, you guys to do Oh, no. We got, you got to deal with this first, but I'm about to die. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ain't got time for that. There, there um, time tra- we, we should definitely talk about their time travel at some point too, because there's there's some interesting stuff about the way they're doing their time travel. Yeah, definitely. Uh, from from my part, I'm right there with you, Randy. I, I loved this right out the gate. I think that this is more my tempo alongside Wandavision and oh. how it kind of delves into the weird and. Um, it is just really kind of hamming it up and playful with it. And it also has this kind of X, X-Files vibe going on. There's mm-hmm. something sinister in the background that um, if it's King the Conqueror, which we can get into, or if it's uh, another version of Loki, or if it's someone else um, that is kind of manipulating the time stream, whoever it is, uh, I'm, I'm all for Loki going up head-to-head with this person. I think it's fascinating. Um, that and of course the dynamic between him and uh, Owen Wilson's Mobius character, all of it is so fun. I love the aesthetic. I love, I love the pacing of this. That it's it takes its time introducing us to this world rather than uh, um, I, I could have also seen this trying to go the other route of dropping Loki in and then giving him an assignment right away and like thrusting him into that. And, and, yeah. And I'd be like, no, that's a little bit too fast. I, I need time to breathe in what the TVA is, what this world is. Um, and I, I really appreciated how it took its time there um, and still had a good hook for the next episode. Yeah. We have a couple snap judgments here from uh, from our listeners, our viewers. <laughs> Will Morris says the show was visually stunning and completely 
unnecessary. Uh, uh, what does it mean unnecessary? Well, like, I, I think I think it's actually a compliment. Like if I had to guess, I think it's a compliment because it's like it's sort of saying you didn't have to go this hard. Like, <laughs> you you could have just had like an office, a drab office, but they do pepper in a lot of like movie quality, like movie level effects. You're like, no, this is this isn't a CW show. This like yeah. when we turned it on, my wife was like, is this this is like Legends of Tomorrow? If it was good, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Because you said this, Randy, years ago. You said Legends of Tomorrow is the best show from 1996 I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. And that's always stuck with me because that's what yeah. that show is. Yeah. This is, oh, if you wanted to do like X-Files 90s sci-fi with a real budget, mm-hmm. like it really put some money behind it. So, yeah, it looks beautiful, but it didn't have to do all that. Well, because they use a lot of footage from Thor and the Dark World, Avengers, and it in order to do that, you, that means your your current stuff has to match. It has yeah, to you look. can't go down. You, you can't. Yeah, you can't have it like Ages of Shield. That it can't go to Ages of Shield like looking production values. So. Right. Oh, and I, I'll, I'll pick up on that. Do we have another stop judgment? I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kern says, "Love the episode. I'm even more confident now that it'll live up to my expectations. Um, that'll be one of my favorite in the MCU TV shows." I mean, yeah, I, I, I can see that because like it, it just feels like. Kevin Feige and in, in MC in the in Marvels just like they're not taking it for granted. They're really trying to knock every show out the park. Mm-hmm. And watching um, this is a bit of a, a swerve, but watching Coulson get that uh, the spear through him, and then watching the stuff about the multiverse, like what if they just erase the entire like what if they erase like everything from the fourth season on of Agents of Shield out of continuity? They just you just have like a scene at the end of. At the end of Ages of Shield, where somebody for the TVA walks in, goes, "Ah, oh, we got to reset the timeline." <laughs> I don't think they'll bother. It's, all, they, it's already been erased. I think they might. Like it, they're building an in-universe reason to to erase this stuff. I'm on record as believing that nobody at Marvel Cinematic gives any regard to Ages of Shield or Agent Carter. That they both they all consider that somebody that Jeff Loeb's fan project. No, no, Agent Carter. I think they do because they had Jarvis in Endgame. But I think that was a nod. I think that's as far as we're ever going to get. But a, but a nod is something like it's true. It's true. Actively, like besides uh, besides uh, was it Sif showed up and Nick Fury yeah. showed up in an episode. Yeah, yeah. But everything from season three on, it's been like whatever, man. <laughs> Did you see the Easter egg that people think um, Agent Carter was in the background at the TVA? No. Yeah. In this in this episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have the screenshot. But uh, yeah, it does look a lot like her. So it's possible they had Haley Atwell or some lookalike trying to be like her in the background. Hmm. Well, they're bringing up so many paradoxes because, like, if you have this one sacred timeline that they say they have, but you you have you know Steve Rogers going back and living in an alternate timeline with uh, with Peggy at the end of Endgame. Wait a second. How how are we allowing that? Is like, do you have to save the universe to get your timeline? If, is that the rule? Well, they see the the perfect timeline, the sacred timeline is interesting because Loki calls it out. He's like, well, who who makes that decision? Mm-hmm. And it's these timekeepers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> They're already pointing out to us that hey, the sacred timeline is bullshit. Okay. That that basically these three guys don't get to decide what the sacred timeline is. Like <clears throat> Loki's already like this is this is bullshit, mm-hmm. and we we know. That Marvel's a multiverse. We know that the multiverse of madness is coming. We know that what if is coming. So whatever happens in this show, Marvel's a multiverse. It's not one. It's not one timeline. So that's not going to stick. 
But I think it's interesting because they also, from minute one, I was like, wait a minute, you can't be you can't be putting this all on Loki. Like the Avengers are the ones who time travel, yeah, and yeah. and gave him the opportunity to do this, and and then um, I was like. And he calls it out. He's like, you don't go out to go after the Avengers. They're like, no, no, the Avengers time travel is okay. And they're like, oh, okay, so you guys are playing with whatever rules. It's just you you would say whatever rules you want. They, they refer to the case of, well, fuck you, that's why. It's like that, that's <laughs> the case that they referred him to. It's like, well, we, well, don't, we just don't like you. That was, that was certainly my question. Um, like, what is what are the rules of what breaks the flow of time and what the sacred timeline is? They don't. They don't really make anything clear there. Yeah. But it's 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 Marvel being very smart because mm-hmm. one thing Marvel really wants to not do is write themselves in a corner. It's the reason that and they don't want people to be able to pick apart too many of their of, of their movies. Cause like if you look at Infinity War, one of the things that drove me crazy with just how smart it was that they wrote it this way is they had Doctor Strange look forward and see was it fourteen million six hundred and five yeah. alternate timelines and they one in one. And what that does is it makes you go, it, it takes all those questions of, well, why didn't Dr. Strange just take them back to Earth and they fought them all together? Mm-hmm. You're to take all that out now because, well, they wouldn't have won. Yep. Or maybe they would have beat Thanos, but his army would have destroyed the Earth. And, yep. It, yep. and like they're really trying to make sure that as they go through all this stuff, they're aiming at people like Grant. They're like, no, 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 you're not going to take our chip. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ambiguous. And so no rules that it's like they're like the anti Nolan. They're like, look, we know the internet's smarter than us. We're not gonna play that game. I'll still pick it apart. <laughs> uh, so we have the timekeepers established in this cute little uh, animation sequence. Mm-hmm. And um, this guy in the middle here, uh, let me see if I can indicate him. This guy right here. Yep. Uh, sure does look like uh, this guy right here. Mm. Um, King the Conqueror. Randy, could you explain who King the Conqueror is? So King the Conqueror is a uh, classic Avengers bad guy. He's got kind of a convoluted backstory. He's an ancestor, not ancestor, descendant of Dr. Doom and Reed Richards somehow. Um, He travels from the 31st century back to Egypt becomes the Pharaoh Ramatut, which is where the Avengers or the where the Fantasy Four first meets him. He has uh, conquered Earth a couple times uh, in modern day using his his five total technology. Um, he's with a Thor villain, but basically he's like a time traveler guy. He's a time traveling conqueror who rules the thirty first century. Got bored and decided to come back and and try to conquer the twentieth century because it's harder. In the movies. All we know about him so far is he's played by the lead from Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country, and they're going to do something pretty different with him because he's showing up in an Ant-Man movie. So I, I, I have a feeling they do something quite different with him. So interestingly, there is a comic book tie-in to the Timekeepers and to Immortus, who is a version of Kang. He's like the good version. Kang eventually matures and becomes the ruler of Limbo, the other dimension, and he's named Immortus. Um, the Timekeepers... Uh, somehow are related to Immortus. They they had I oh they they I guess they basically they were like at war with with Immortus a little bit. So there's a little bit of a side Kang thing, but if they decide to make one of these guys Kang, it's a it's a pretty big departure. Okay, um, there there's also this idea. Actually, I haven't read this idea. I, I'm assuming other people have had this idea as well. Um, 
that the place that they're in, if 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 the TVA exists mm-hmm. within the world and yet somehow outside of it, it uh, does seem possible that where they are is actually the uh, quantum realm, right? And that this exists very tiny in the quantum realm and that they're able to jump from there into the time stream to adjust things because the quantum realm technically should kind of exist in and also kind of outside of time and then time flow would be weird there. And it could be that Kang has his little bottle universe. Right? Yeah. In which case this this ties in uh, Ant-Man as well. Yeah, because we know Quantumania is... I think that... um, yeah, so I'm thinking that's kind of where we're at. Um, so what do you guys think of Owen Wilson's character, Mobius? I uh, Mobius love, and I love, Mobius. love Mobius and Mobius. Owen Wilson just killed it as his character. Who's He's very obscure. In the comics, He's a he shows up in like a couple issues of Fantastic Four. He is based on uh, Mark Gruenwald, one of the legendary editors at Marvel. Um, and basically all the people who work for the TVA are supposed to be clones of him. Um, and he's just, he's just sort of a, a bureaucrat in, in the comics here. He is like the guy who is always one step ahead of Loki. And also we're like a therapist. Didn't you guys get a kind of a therapist vibe from him? The way he was dealing with Loki. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He needs him to be, he needs Loki to be functional. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, I, I want to break you down a little bit so you can, I can work with you. I don't need you full like Avengers, like movie God, God Prince level. We don't need that, but we need you to be. A little bit focused, so he breaks him down, and he because like if you watch it, he didn't really mean him to see his own death. I don't think. No, huh? <laughs> he was like trying to just get him to his mom dying. I think that was where he wanted to take him. Yeah, and he's like, okay, I'll, I'll I'll build you up from there. But I think it's, I mean, this it's my favorite part of the show. I mean, I've always been a big Owen Wilson fan, mm-hmm. but I think this is probably one of my favorite roles he's done. It's just, it, I think it's perfect for him, especially to play off Tom Hiddleston, mm-hmm. because Tom Hiddleston is always seen as so smart and right or wrong. You know, Owen Wilson has been seen as sort of a himbo a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so to have, you know, Owen Wilson's character completely just put him off balance of like, oh, I don't, I don't care that you think you're smart. That's awesome. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't care. I, I don't care. I don't care about your Infinity Stone. None of it matters because it's like his character is so emblematic of the TVA. He's like, I, I'm outside of all of this bullshit. Mm-hmm. I'm just to the side. I don't care about all your schemes. It's a show for me. So thank you for the show. But you can keep talking did, if you want. Did you guys get the sense that um, Mobius is a bit jaded by the TVA? That oh, he's yeah. been there so long that he mm-hmm. kind of... Uh, is eager for an escape. He wants something to kind of shake things up and change it. In which case, he might have uh, maybe sinister motivations as far as the TVA is concerned, but we also don't know if the TVA is a, a good or, and pure organization in itself. I, I, don't, I actually... So. Yeah, I don't, I don't get sinister. I, I think um, I get more of a... like I, I think he's more of a career bureaucrat. He's been at this job so long, and he's seen how the bureaucracy just like put is gets in the way of doing things. So he's like... Fuck your rules! I'm gonna recruit Loki. Like I, I know how to get things done. You know, you're completely right because he's like he's the guy that's been in that bureaucracy long, so long. He understands that it's gonna take so much to fire him. He's like, <laughs> yeah. look, by the time yeah. you're gonna try to fire me, you're gonna have to give me like five warnings. 
So I'm just gonna do what I want until I get popped a few times. And he, he's that guy that's been at the job for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. He knows everybody. He maybe should have been promoted, but he got passed over. But instead of moving on, he's just the guy that's like, okay, well, I'll just collect the paycheck and sort of be, a, <laughs> sort of be an ass to everybody else for a little bit and just be sort of funny and do what I want. Okay. Like, you know, there's there's only a little – we only see a little bit of her character, but is it Gugu Mbatha-Ra who plays the judge? Is she the, mm-hmm. She's the judge, right? There's a there's a playfulness between her and Owen Wilson where I get the sense that basically she's sort of his superior, but also that like um, that they have sort of a flirtatious thing going a little bit. And I, I'm curious to see where that relationship goes. But also interesting, Gugu and Batharaw's na- name is Ravana Renslayer. Ravana is Kang's longtime girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Mm. I did not catch that until I just now looked. Oh, well. Uh- it seems to me that when we see Owen, uh, when we see Mobius investigating uh, the crime scene in that church, mm-hmm. where he sees the you know the the stained glass picture, yeah, here we go. Um, right here. <laughs> I would like of, to re- uh, I would like to remind everyone that Mephisto was the boat in Falcon and Winter Soldier. We've already seen uh, Mephisto. It was great. the boat. It's been established. Um, that he's saying that we still don't know who this person is. So when he says at the very end of the episode to Loki that who they're chasing is Loki, are we in agreement that that was more uh, motivated by what he thinks will drive Loki to investigate this? Because Loki would love nothing more than to try and hunt himself down. No, I think he's a narcissist. I think it's 100% a different version of Loki. Yeah, I'm 100. percent You know, we've seen that. We've seen the trailer of Loki, like wearing the vote Loki button. It looks like he basically is his. I don't think that's our Loki betraying the TVA. I think Loki and Loki are working against each other. We're gonna get. We're gonna get Tom Hiddleston playing two versions of the character. One who's like more of a redemption arc, and one of whom is in the is still on his villain arc. Oh, see, I, I disagree. I don't think it's gonna be two Tom Hiddlestons. Like just because the last few years they they've sort of messed around with the idea of a female Loki. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be a female Loki, and that way, if you establish that Loki could be different, sort of different beings, then you can bring in Kid Loki for the for the new Avengers. This is true. That's a good building. point. And we know they're built. They're got to be built the Young Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I can see like a um, uh, a female Loki, and it's going to be like I think that I I just don't think that Marvel would waste an opportunity. That's a good point. That's weird to hear. That's a good point hmm. on the internet. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, I think isn't it Sophia De Martino? They've cast and they haven't. Mm-hmm. They, they've cast her, but they haven't said who she's playing, and she can easily play a female Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. So if you look at what they're doing with these TV shows, they're either trying to progress their characters, or especially like even like Black Widow, they're trying to have their cake and eat it too, because it's yeah. like we're going to get rid of Captain America, but here's your new Captain America, and. We're gonna get rid of Vision, but here's your new Vision. Mm-hmm. And you know Loki died, but here's the TVA Loki. Yeah. So like they're they're trying to like and it's well, specifically on. Okay, sorry. Uh, specifically in this episode, they do make note um, that Loki is uh, gender fluid. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. On the yeah. form, mm-hmm. so that. Yeah. I mean, so it, it does really- stand to reason. I mean, if you're a race of gods, like, I mean, I could see you being able to switch back and forth if that was, like, that could be just a, like, just on, 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 like, on command. 
Well, we're going to get female Thor in, in Love and Thunder, which I know is a different character, but it's it is sort of establishing that that the Asgardians are not as tied to one gender or the other. Oh my god, I'm going to just I'm just going to if this happens, I'm just going to camp out for like a good two days in front of Twitter and YouTube <laughs> and just watch people explode. It's going to be wonderful because like right now, a lot of that crowd and I, I like this trailer too, but a lot of that crowd is really happy at the He-Man trailer. Yeah. So like they're having their little time right now. They're having a moment. Yeah. But man, if that gets established, they're gonna be so mad. It's gonna be <laughs> So do you guys think that the TVA is good or bad? I think the TVA in comics, what we represented was it was editors and bureaucracy and the sort of the the uh, the strictures of continuity and how it could be a good thing, but it could be a handcuff. And I think that's ultimately what we're going to see here is that these guys basically are the ultimate bureaucracy. They're trying to keep the timeline from being chaotic, but losing that chaotic means you lose all the fun. And I think Loki's the perfect character to make that point with that. It's like, yeah, maybe everything's a little dangerous and maybe, maybe things will be a little, a little more uh, crazy, but that's probably better for everybody. Even if it means there's a little bumps now and then. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great point. I'm going to build off of that. Like, I'm going to have I'm going to add a little wrinkle because maybe it's that, you know, how they said that you know, well, Avengers was supposed to happen. Like they were supposed yeah. to go back in time. You know, the fact that Loki hasn't been reset at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the timekeepers are like, look, you don't even though you take our dictations, we still have designs beyond you. Right. And Loki could be a means to that end of like. You know, he was meant to come here because, like they explained in Endgame, well, this has happened now. This is now your past. He's a part of your timeline. Even if he's a variant, he's now affecting everything. So, yeah. like, maybe that was meant to happen. And I just, I really, I really do want there to be an end for Loki. Not, not necessarily the end, but I want to get to, like, at least some kind of happiness. Yeah. He's already reached sort of an actualization in the main timeline in uh, Ragnarok, and especially in the beginning of, of Infinity War, I want him to reach it again here and get some kind of a, like, peace. Maybe yeah. he just lives a life as D.B. Cooper. I don't know. <laughs> peaceful. So, uh, in the chat, Rick, uh, Rich Murphy has a, has a good point that I want to talk about, because he wants to know what happens if a branch passes the red line, and it's pretty clear, from the way that Owen Wilson talks to that kid, that when they set off those little, whatever they call not the pruning is destruction, but whatever they call those resets that they are mm-hmm. destroying that timeline like mm-hmm. the way he's talking to that kid i'm like oh so you're basically you're, you're being nice to this kid because you know you're about to murder her and her entire like world murder like, is and, the wrong word but but it's not because they do all exist oh, they are wiping out those they're wiping out an actual timeline to get back to this sacred timeline the, those resets are are killing everyone who exists in that timeline and going back uh, i mean wow i didn't I, catch that do you have That's, to, is it killing? Is it murder if somebody shouldn't have existed in the first place? But is it murder if they were going to go on and live a happy life? Like the the thing they're protecting against is a multiversal war. But the thing is, like they're we we are just to have the timekeeper's word for it that having a single timeline is better. So yeah. I feel like I feel like there's going to be some at least some some moral gray matter of what's going on. But they there's some some sort of real um, weight to the way that Owen Wilson talks to that girl and then hands off the reset button to the agent. And I'm like, he knows what's about to happen to that girl in her timeline. And he's treating her like a real person. So he knows that he's basically erasing her. Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely wants to do it with some dignity and he does it, he just does it fast. It's like, if you yeah. have to do something like that, just do yeah. it. 
yeah. get it over with. Like, but, but she mean, seems plenty real. I mean, she wouldn't have had a, she wouldn't have had that that long of a life anyway in 16th century France. <laughs> I mean, what did she got like 20 years? <laughs> harsh, harsh. <laughs> Elias just Elias wants to get recruited by the TVA. He's like, look, I see, yeah. you. I see, you. I see you guys. I know what you, hey. I know what you're up to. Hey, I see job security. That's what I see. <laughs> Uh, let's let's talk about one of the best characters, um, Casey. Uh, <laughs> what's a fish? <laughs> uh, one of the best moments I thought. I thought that that whole exchange was hilarious, but mm -hmm. it also leads to um, the fact that um, Infinity Stones are just a paperweight here. Yes. Like it's it's so trivialized, and they had so many of them. <laughs> what a, what a great way to show how powerful the TVA is. It's not even that they're like that like they're like, oh, we can take away your powers and all that stuff. It's like, oh no, those things that are the most powerful things in the universe that you've seen, the ones that Thanos used, yeah, those are just paperweights here. They're nothing. Yeah. Like that's that, relevant. Yeah. It, it it does it, it it does like that and it also shows that they're removed from everything. And then it's just a visual cue to be like, you know, to that MCU is moving on from that. It's like we're not rehashing this guys. We did the, we did yeah. the these stones we we did it well, yeah. But we need to break new ground because if we mm -hmm. don't, we're gonna die. Yeah, that's how that's how MCU dies is if they just keep on rehashing stuff. Yep. I mean, to some extent, the Marvel comics they're doing a story in the annuals this year where different characters are showing up who are powered by the Infinity Stones. And while that may be fine, it is sort of a like, well, I've seen you've done like three stories about the Infinity Gauntlet and the Infinity Stones, and yeah, you. Don't go back to the well, especially if you're in movies or TV, which don't have as much stuff. Like, yeah, it's it's one thing to do a comic because there's lots more comics produced, but you only get a handful of movies or a handful of TV shows in a year, unless it's a pandemic, in which case you get like four or five movies, TV shows in a year, which I'm not complaining about, by the way. Well, no, you're completely right because, like, I remember my dad told me something that at the time I was really upset at. I mean, not that upset, but like, I was like, Dad, why are you you're loving all this this comic book stuff that's coming out? He's like, Well, it's better when they make the movies. And I think what he meant is that, you know, you can people would read comic books are, are really forgiving. They may not seem like it, but they are forgiving yeah. of a lot of bullshit. Mm -hmm. People who are just, you know, living their life, you know, just trying to get through the day. If they got two hours at the end of the day and they don't really see that many movies, you can't have that much bullshit of your stuff. Yeah. Like people make fun of it, but there's a reason NCIS is one of the most, you know, popular shows ever. Is an easy show to watch, and you feel satisfied when you're done. Mm -hmm. Like M MCU knows that audience. They're like, look, we could always get those comic book fans. It's something DC hasn't figured out. We can always get those comic book fans, but we got to get those casual fans. Mm -hmm. And we can't. We gotta. We can't have all this bullshit. We gotta. We can. We can go on with the Infinity Stones, and we can say, you know, Wanda got her powers from them, and so did Captain Marvel, and all that. But you can't go Infinity Saga two. Like <laughs> they're not, they'll be like, well, I've already seen that. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I have no interest. I'm we done. have a comment here from uh, Mike who says, uh, if the series is larger, largely about Loki figuring out who he is and sustains out his identity as it should be, having the Owen Wilson character be a future version of Loki we see in the premiere episode actually working to help redeem the 20. I'm going to guess that's Loki. 2012 Loki. <laughs> yeah, while hunting the rogue evil Loki and somehow coming to some sort of personal catharsis, 
Uh, I guess he's still going on this theory. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I step this on this the idea gonna, that Owen Wilson is future Loki. I'm oh. gonna step I'm gonna step on this theory. That's crazy. That's yeah. Crazy. No, he's not future Loki. <laughs> no, he's not future Loki. He is future Loki in the same way that he's Mephisto. <laughs> well, Morris says if, if that happens, Mike, I'll credit to you. Yeah, yes. if that happens, I, yep. I would be amazed, and that would be that would be that would be sort of cool to see. Yeah, man, that would be I weird. See it? I think he's more likely to be a future Quake. Oh God! Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Did you just mention Quake? <laughs> I blame did you, Randy. You, did you have that ready? <laughs> <laughs> I did. We used it a few episodes ago. Oh my god! <laughs> um, we also have this uh, DB Cooper scene that we saw here in the um, episode, which there was a lot of speculation about the trailer that this was going to be one of the instances where. Um, the TVA recruits Loki to basically quantum leap in and play DB Cooper, mm-hmm. but this turns out to have just been um, a bit. kind of a throwaway joke of a bet, yeah, between him and Thor. I <laughs> love that. To be DB Cooper. Can I can I tell you what I think happened? I think in the writers' room, they're, they're doing where they're writing on the white the whiteboard all the ideas. Someone wrote Loki is DB Cooper, and they loved it so much that even though it didn't fit the show, they're like. We gotta do this, man. Can we just make it a bet? Can we just like two minutes? We'll, we gotta do this. I mean, I, I completely agree. But what's even better is it like enriches the characters because it shows that man four was such a jackass. Like he has like that, that yes. bet where it's like, hey Loki, go steal a bunch of fucking money. It'll be great. <laughs> Those humans, man. Yep, yep. It'll be hilarious. Yeah, I am. Um, uh, I loved I loved that scene. I was I was glad to see it revealed that it was basically just like, oh, that's just a throwaway. That's great. What fun. Yeah. Uh Randy, you also mentioned uh something about this gum here. Did yeah. you find out anything about I could Blueberry? not find any, any references to Kablooey. I saw some people saying that they think that the character on Kablooey gum looks like Nightmare, which honestly looks more like Freakazoid to me. So I don't know that I put any <laughs> stock in it. Okay. Yeah, I, I I wasn't sure if there might be uh, any any more to that, yeah, I, but I they, guess they, they did sort of hang a hat on it, but I I couldn't find any references that I knew. So yeah, it's sometimes you know it's like some sometimes a gun is a gun. Yeah, it's just like yeah, or was it a cigar is a cigar? Yeah. Well, um, the last thing I wanted to bring up was uh, we see the hooded figure at the end. That I guess you're pretty confident it's Loki, who's burning people in the field, um, and then picking up one of these devices that allows him to, I guess, explode an entire universe. Then, mm-hmm. according to you, Randy, that's my is guess. That, yeah. what, is that what you think was kind of the play here to get one of those devices that? Um, Purges or whatever it does. Well, it, it seems clear he's collecting them because they mentioned earlier that he took the reset from from the other team. He's killed. oh, you're so right. He's gathering up, which makes me think that evil Loki, if that is in fact evil Loki or whoever it is, is planning to use the resets for something big. Like maybe he's going to reset the entire timeline. Oh, that I think you're right. Like that's that's the stakes you would want for a show. It's like, yeah, it it can't just be. Oh, he comes to terms with who he is. You got to have something as a backbone 
to yeah. drive it forward. I mean, that I, was the biggest problem with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It was like, these guys aren't that big of a threat. <laughs> I think I think our antagonist is looking to basically either usurp the timekeepers or completely overthrow what they're doing, and is is gathering up those reset buttons for something something else. I also have my my crazy out there theory is Ooh. that the end of this uh, that's interesting thought from Rich Murphy that maybe he's going to reset the TVA, TVA realm because here's the thing we know what if is coming and I believe it is the next show on the docket it we is. know that Multiverse of Madness is coming I think Loki whether it's evil Loki or regular Loki is going to basically erase the TVA so that the multiverse exists again I think that is where we're going to end up yeah I, mean, I, I guess that's kind of what I was wondering as well like I don't know who to think is good or bad in this show. Right. I mean, it's the, the classic narrative is that um, we want to root for Loki, even though we kind of know the 2012 Loki is a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we we are inclined to trust Owen Wilson's Mo Mobius character, but I don't know if we should. Right. Uh, and we we're, we're told that this Loki or this hooded figure uh, that's messing with the TVA is supposed to be the bad guy, but we don't know if the TVA is good or bad. So right now it's kind of like, I don't know who's bad, who's good. It's just kind of like Elliot was saying, I have to watch more to kind of figure out what's going on here. So can I point out one of the things I thought is interesting that the easiest thing to do with Loki is to kind of step around how bad he was early on. Like this guy killed Coulson, who was a beloved figure and he killed a bunch of other people. He, did all kinds of destruction in New York. And the easiest thing to do would be to sort of soft pedal that, but they didn't. They go in and Owen Wilson's like shows him like, yeah, you stabbed this guy's eye out. Like, it looks like you're enjoying this. Do you enjoy hurting people? And they, they confronted him with that and had him basically admit that, no, that's, that's me protecting my own weak identity. I thought that was brilliant because it gives us a way to root for the character and to understand like, yeah, he killed Coulson. He did all these bad things, but it was because basically he's a God trying to prove himself to other gods. And right. I think that I think it was a really good way to to make him like they don't undercut his story they don't they don't erase it but they do sort of highlight it and say here's why you can sort of excuse it because you like Tom Hiddleston. I mean, he could have just said I was being written by Joss Whedon. Like, <laughs> I think we would have understood it. It's like, yeah. yeah, the stuff he's had people doing stuff. Yeah, I can see that. Well, I'm a I'm a villain should stay villains guy. Like, I, going back to Joss Whedon, I hated that Spike became a, a just because I was Spike was such a good character. Him, yeah. He was such a good character, but I didn't want him to become a good guy. Loki, I think they, they can do a better job of like turning him into a sympathetic anti-hero and making it still feel of a piece because they've already done it to some extent in Thor Ragnarok. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Also, I want to mention one thing. Loki is it looks like six episodes. This is another short Falcon and Winter Soldier one. Mm -hmm. Um, and it is being written and executive produced by um Michael Waldron who has done a bunch of Rick and Morty. And when oh. you say that, it kind of makes sense. Like, this has a vibe similar to Rick and Morty. Yeah, there's something weird with, with playing with time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I just hope that, you know, this show doesn't get Rick, all the Rick and Morty fans, though. <laughs> because, like, they, the fans themselves make, make Rick and Morty hard to watch, as I'm like, oh, I like this show. Yeah, yeah. I just hope there's no uh, there's no Szechuan sauce introduced in Loki. We don't need that shit. Yeah, we really don't. <laughs> Sorry, that is my. I, I uh, doubt that. My 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 toddler wants to be on the podcast very much. He's like, <laughs> get in here. 
You just got to click that button to reset him. <laughs> <and send> him <laughs> oh, my God. That would be so useful. Back to your room. And back to your room. I, I, the, the part where, um, uh, what's her name? The guard. Yeah. Uh, Hunter, Hunter 15, I think. Yeah, something like that. Is that her name? Yeah. Where, where Loki just keeps clicking her and, like, dropping <laughs> her back. Yeah. Uh, and she's just getting, like, so, just, stop. Please stop <laughs> It's like a little taste of your own medicine there. I, w- um, I want to. I want to know that that actress is it Wuni Wuni Masako. She's also break- on uh, Lovecraft. Oh, she's Lovecraft. Oh, she's a. Uh, is she Hippolyta? No, she's Ruby. Yeah. Oh, okay. She is so hates Loki just instantly. And I wonder is it has she had, had inter- has she had dealings with him before, or is it just that he is the exact opposite of what a bureaucratic cop from the TVA would want to deal with. And I'm curious if there's going to be a relationship. It, it could be because, like, you know, Mobius investigates that stuff. He doesn't actually have to get his hands dirty a lot of the time. Right, right. She's the one that has to go in there and pop him in the face. She's yep, like, yep. why are you making this harder? Just let's reset <laughs> him. I want to go home. Man, the slow motion punch in the face where she's like, yeah, you're, you're experiencing all the pain in real time, but it's a slow motion. That was a great effect. I love that. Yeah, and it's like, what's so great is like they do it, but they do it on the Loki right when he got done invading New York and mm-hmm. killed Coulson. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, like hundreds of people died in that attack. Yep. yep. He deserves that punch. He does. He does indeed. Did Tom Hiddleston actually take that punch for that slow-mo? Because <laughs> that's a good... <laughs> It lasts quite a while. What I want to know is why didn't I mean Mobius should have asked Tom Hill should have asked Loki, you know, why do you look nine years younger here? What's that about? Yeah. You age. What's going on? Um, yeah, I I mean overall very fun, very exciting episode, and the possibilities for where this can go with five more episodes. Um, I'm I'm excited to see. I think I think some of my uh, theories have kind of fallen by the wayside, but I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> down for the ride of what this show is and what the tone is. Uh, I was going to ask you guys uh, if you have any closing thoughts. Um, you Elliot? Know, you said ride. An interesting thing is, is that Avengers Campus opened at uh, Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And TVA oh. Loki actually took the place of other Loki for this week. That they had TVA agents in there. It was like really cool to see. Yeah. So if anybody has oh. some time, check out like the stuff on YouTube. That is pretty cool. Um, yeah. What about you, Brandy? Uh, super excited for the ride. I wish Disney Plus. I wish I had a, had a time turner myself so I could jump ahead five weeks and just watch the whole thing. Ah, uh, you're one of those. Would, I'm one of those. Would you do uh, that though? Hundred percent. No. 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 Yes. I, I love that. Like, I, I would say if they could just release two episodes at a time, <laughs> like, I think that'd be perfect. Because, like, Hulu used to do that a little bit with, like, um, the Runaways, and they did it with Cloak and Dagger. Like, they would release, like, two at a time. Yeah. I like look like looking forward to the show because one of the things right now with the, with the current media landscape is you can watch everything that has ever been reduced. You can read every book that's ever mm-hmm. been written. And so it's almost like nothing special. It's like I'm finding myself struggling with that with uh, HBO Max, and it's such a it's such a it's such a like first world problem to have. I get it, but like it doesn't feel special. Like I sat down to watch The Conjuring last night, uh, like The Devil Made Me Do It, and I was just like, okay, 
cool. <laughs> Whereas if I was at the theater, I'd know I'd be in, invested. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, they, I get this that. is appointment TV. This is yeah. water cooler TV. And I just, uh, I'm, we're in the golden age of streaming. There's going to be another show I want to watch. There, there actually is. I haven't watched Sweet Tooth yet. I haven't finished up the season of Lucifer. I got plenty to watch. I want to watch my story and move on to another story. I, I want to. I don't want to wait for a week to week. I will. Wait a second. Wait, I have wait, wait. To. You're saying this as the owner of a comic book shop. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. And and I I am a guy who mostly buys graphic novels these days. I uh, I am a fan. My my. It wouldn't work for for this because it's only six episodes. I am a fan of what Prime has been doing, what Apple TV has been doing, which is to drop two or three episodes, so you get a bigger chunk of what the show's about, and then you show that. Then you can do the rest week to week. That's fine, but yeah, I'm just saying I'm an impatient motherfucker, and I wish I had a time turner. That's all. <laughs> That's ridiculous, um, <laughs> guys. I, I think we're gonna go ahead and uh, wrap things up right here. I do want to say thank you so much to everyone who tuned in this week. And remember, if you haven't tuned in, that uh, you can check out our weekly uh, breakdowns and reviews on Friday nights at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube.com slash MCUPod. We'd love to have you go and join us. You can hit that subscribe button. Next week, we'll be back talking about episode two of Loki. And we'd love to have you join us. You can also uh, support us over on patreon.com slash mcupod, and we'll do little bonus episodes here or there that um, that you can listen to. You can hear me uh, wildly theorize on stuff and get it wrong like I did oh. the other week. Um, uh, Elliot, thanks so much for joining us. Where can people find you? Here. <laughs> here. You can find me on MCU. Hit that subscribe button. There you go. Randy, what about you? Uh, you can find me uh, weekly at uh, the Roguecast at roguesgallerytx.com and at TV Dudes at thetvdudes.com and monthly at Loose Cannon Comics, uh, which is my comics podcast, and soon to be bi weekly as I'm launching a fourth podcast uh, about going issue through issue of the G.I. Joe series by Larry Hama with me and my buddy Dave, who we both came in on when we were like 12 years old, and our friend Anna, who is just now reading it for the first time as a uh, as a uh, millennial it's uh, it's been we've recorded like three episodes so far it's super fun i'm working on production on that now wow okay um we'll have to get a couple more podcasts under your belt i guess <laughs> uh, you guys can follow me at baron von grant and uh thank you guys so much for tuning in we'll see you next week um mcu later <laughs>